0: Welcome to the Hidden Archives. I am your curator and host for tonight, Philip Clark. I know you're used to hearing Nicole's lovely voice at this point, but it seems she has come down with something. We wish her a speedy recovery. A lot has been going on in the realms of the Hidden Archives lately as we continue to grow. Once again, we would like to thank you, dear listener, wherever you may be hearing this. Other than that, our group of curators and voice actors continues to grow, so I want to send a special thanks to the whole team at this point. Please continue to follow us on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and Podbean. The next episode should be a special one. It will feature two stories with our largest cast yet, so that should be something to look forward to. Expect it on time. Ray Bradbury is noted for saying, life is trying things to see if they work. So let me try something here by giving you the following warning to see if it works. If you choose to enter the hidden archives, if you choose to study the tomes, if you choose to take this journey with me, you do so at your own risk. Profanity and disturbing content may follow. This, is your warning. At this point, we aren't quite ready to move away from the topic of disease. Sometimes, an ailment can affect you in unusual ways. If this is the case, the best option might be to try and preserve your friends, neighbors, and loved ones by getting as far away from them as you can.
1: October 21st. First journal entry. I suppose keeping a journal of the experiences I have had, or am yet to have at any rate, might help with the psychological effects of what I am going through. It might also help me to make sense of things. Maybe I can use this to track the progression of what is about to happen to me. Maybe I can use this to help me figure out a solution. Give me something I can come back to when the hangover wears off, but my mind is still foggy so I'll just start by describing the present and the nature of my current circumstances. Huh. Nature. Seems fitting that I should choose such a word. I suppose this is all just, well, natural. Or supernatural. Who even knows? But I don't think this is the time for philosophy of any sort. So I'll just begin. It's another clear night. One couldn't help but appreciate the beauty in such a thing. The air is crisp, the moon is bright for being only just past the third quarter, and the high Rocky Mountain altitude is enough to make me feel a bit more content with the events that are yet to come. Less than a week away at this point, I imagine. I'm still trying to make sense of things. Can you believe that? How long has it been? And I'm still trying to figure it all out. I know that it happens. I know what happens. I just... I just can't quite make sense of things. It is all so... surreal. Who would have ever thought that the legends and folklore had some accuracy? Some, anyway. In my experience with this... condition, I have found a few inconsistencies to the lore. But the end result is, well, accurate and imminent. And that is why I'm here. Originally, I was an animal control worker in Southern California. But after the accident, a peril of that particular job, I guess, I decided that I needed the cooler climate and higher altitude. I figured these things help with other conditions such as tuberculosis, which is actually why the nearest city is here. So maybe it would work for me. It does seem to help a little bit with my symptoms, though not as much as I would have hoped. If nothing else, at least I'm a thousand miles away from the people I love, the people I care about and wish to protect from myself. I couldn't really ask for more, I suppose. Beggars can't be choosers. Not all the time. October 23rd I'm not sure how long I will be here. Maybe Iceland would have been a better choice. It doesn't quite have the altitude, but I think the cold is more effective as a treatment. I guess I could still go there, but I would need to save a little more money and have a good job and a place to stay lined up. Otherwise, things would get really ugly really quick. Can't have someone like me just wandering around a town in my condition. I'm thinking about all of this as I spin this silver ring around on my middle finger with the sides of my index and ring finger. The silver that the ring is made out of is the trick. Silver is sterile, has some unique electrical properties, and is part of the lore. I don't think it is magic, though. The ring is just enough silver to help contain my... urges. But it's not enough to kill me. In a way, I guess it is just another home remedy I have come up with. I can't really count on traditional medicine, after all. But it's already getting itchy on my finger. Soon, the skin under the ring will crack and bleed. That little bit of blood touching the ring and circulating back through my body will be hell. But it should be enough to stall the infection for a little bit. Again, without killing me. I could only imagine what hell I would be going through if I had any silver implants like fake teeth or fillings. I would have ripped them out a long time ago, I can assure you of that. That is if they didn't kill me first. I like talking about silver, though. The same way a vegan likes talking about all the plants and shit that saved their life. Come to think of it, I'd go vegan if I still could. If I thought it would help. But now there are some plants I can't eat anymore. Like chocolate. You never think of it as a plant, right? Not until it is off the menu, only to be replaced with something like beef. Or whatever some meat, any meat. But silver. I was talking about that. You know, silver has some other really unique properties. I'm pretty sure ancient people knew this as well. It is highly conductive. In certain compounds, it can be used to capture images, as in photography. And then there is the property for which I value it. It is mildly toxic. Of course, it would kill me if I came in contact with any more silver than the ring for any extended period of time. Just thinking about having silver fillings or false teeth. What I would have to go through to remove them. The pain. The blood. Ugh, but then I'd taste the blood. If I were desperate enough to rip out the fillings from the discomfort and fear of death, then I would already be too close to the regular manifestation of the condition. The flavor of blood would just drive me. I can't think about it. I am there now, this close to the manifestation. I need to focus. Now where was I? I have to keep writing. Uh, yes, my current circumstances. I'll talk about where I live, what it's like. It's kind of outdoorsy. No real neighbors. Just one house about six or seven miles away. I met them once. The guy seems nice. I think he works for the government or something. Can't really recall right now. The woman is kind of a bitch, though. No, that's a poor choice of words right now. She is... how would I describe her? I don't like her. I'll just say that. But their boy seems like a good kid. Can't be more than 10 or 12. Respectful, though. I find that more important now than I used to. To recognize your superiors for what they are means a lot. I guess those private schools do a decent job. But I am still isolated, even with those not-so-near neighbors, which is the way I want it. My little house, actually more of a cottage, sits pretty high in the mountains. I can just barely see the city lights of the springs in Denver off in the distance but it's about time to ice my hand to get what relief I can from this damned itching. So I'll finish my drink and go back inside before it gets too late and I get too sentimental looking over the pines and bluffs. There isn't actually much to do here, so I have plenty of time to read and study. Yeah, most of the stuff is garbage. However, I have found a few gems in various books of myth and legend. Some medical journals, too. I would have never thought that anyone like me would let themselves be studied. I just figure that most people, who ended up like this, do the same thing as me in seeking seclusion. It's logical for a number of reasons, but mostly because it keeps me safe, keeps others safe, and allows me to undergo the changes in peace. October 24th According to my best guess, I have four days to go now. I will have to start on the sedatives tonight, though, because sometimes it likes to creep up on me a little early. I think it might even be starting to get out of hand. The symptoms are lasting longer and longer every time. I wonder if I can get stuck in that state of no control. Not much saying anything about that in the folklore, but sure enough, my finger is bleeding now. As usual, I have wrapped up my computer keyboard in cellophane so I can keep typing without getting the keys all crusty and blood. I originally tried paper towels. Of course, I don't need to see the keys to type, but there were other issues with the absorbency and them sitting in the trash. I'll let you fill in the blanks there. For now, though, I have to finish writing this article about lunar phases before I am out of commission. It's a dry life but writing for a small astronomy journal is an okay living. It gives me a reason to live out in the middle of nowhere and stare up at the sky, too. I have learned a lot about how the sky, particularly the moon, works since I first got infected. Perhaps I could take this work to Iceland with me. I'm sure the sky is pretty clear there. Eh, I'll just share some of what I know. Could be fun. So here goes. A lot about the moon is myth such as lunacy, and vampires. But there are some interesting phenomena associated with a full moon. For example, some nocturnal creatures become more active because of the increased light. Then, at other times, entire oceans are affected by its gravity depending on perigee, which is when the moon is closest to the Earth, and apogee, when it is furthest away. Though these tidal phenomena aren't due to phase, I presume that my condition is affected by something similar, though. Perhaps the infection is pulled to the body's surface by the moon's gravity at perigee, then the extra light of a full moon allows it to reproduce faster? It is all speculation, though. I just know what the moon looks like, not how apogee and perigee actually work in this context. Damn, I'm already behind my deadline. October twenty-fifth. I knew it would start early this month. I have a fever. I feel angry. I have stopped sweating altogether, just panting like a bitch in heat. Now I can use that word, bitch. This is only the first phase. The transformation is a complete change in the DNA structure. I think that it is a virus that causes this. If a virus can manipulate cells to produce copies of the virus itself, why could it not manipulate them into copying a different genetic code? However it works, somehow, the body remembers what everything is, originally, when it is all over and it changes back. There must be a reason for this. But it still scares me thinking that I could get stuck like that. If I am able to block out the pain and everything else, I find it quite fascinating, though. I have set up time-lapse cameras all over the house to record the transformation. I never remember what the process is like exactly, though I do have memories of when it is complete, when my brain turns back on and neurons start firing again. It's scary how I go from one state of mind to another. First thing I know, I'm a human and I feel like one. I feel fear. I think the process through. I worry about what will happen this time. I plan how to cover everything up. Then I feel hungry. I feel the urge to survive. I feel primal rage. But I lose my human consciousness. All that is left at this point is the new brain. The one that runs on instinct. But shit, I'm starting to scare myself. Some of these primal urges, such as the excitement for blood, starting to hang around when I'm better. And I think I remember more things than normal, just flashes, from when I'm not. But how it all works, and why, I'm still trying to figure out. I have a theory that the infection starts in the canine species, and then mutates slightly so that it can jump the species barrier over to humans. Then it tries to change its new host into its old host. It would be a genius survival tactic for the infection. It needs a dog as a host to reproduce, but it can live dormant in a human and change when it is in the mood so that it can be transmitted to the next host. Brilliant. Seeing as humans and modern dogs pretty much evolved together to assist one another, I think this makes sense. We are almost symbiotic in a way, so it would just work out that a virus— or sickness of some sort, would be able to transition between hosts to have a greater chance at continuing to exist even if one species ceases to. But the jumping between thing, that I can't reconcile. Why are humans the only ones affected like this? Why don't dogs go the same way? Maybe the condition needs a canine host. Perhaps it has a way to ensure this. I say this because there is something different this time. I think, maybe, it is becoming permanent. Like the infection is just going to take root because it can't find a new host. I'll have to do some more observation and research on this, however. As long as I stay sedated and near the house, I should be able to keep it under control. October 26th I can't remember last night very well. But I'm still transforming, so I had nothing to do with that. I think I may have just overdosed a bit on sedatives and painkillers. It really does hurt. Have I mentioned that? Imagine your entire skeletal system getting soft. Then your muscles bend the bones into new shapes. And finally, your nervous system rewires itself. The painkillers hardly help with any of that, but they take the edge off and put me in a pleasant daze for the first bit of it. The sedatives are just to keep me as close to home as possible when the transformation is complete. I can't call exactly when the transformation will happen, so I dose up on them for a few days beforehand, when I start feeling it. Pretty hard to run around like a psychotic jackass when you're high as shit this time will be rough. I know that for sure. Perhaps the worst it's ever been. Shit, I can only imagine what it will be like if it gets worse every time from here on out. I still remember the first time when I was working animal control. The call came in on a normal night, not even during a full moon. Someone had noticed that a coyote was wandering around a friendly suburban neighborhood. These people get damn near to pissing their pants when something upsets their placid community of private school children, bankers, and Stepford wives. Normally, animal control doesn't bother with coyotes. We just tell people to keep the hell away. But they were insistent that it had rabies and was a danger to the people of the neighborhood. I figured that I could handle one little coyote on my own, so I went alone. But when I got there, I knew right away that it wasn't rabies. The damn thing was standing in the middle of the road like it knew I was coming. I got out of the truck, and it just watched me as I aimed a rifle, loaded with a tranquilizer, at its hindquarters. You don't take chances with a snare if you think it's diseased. They're too hard to handle, and the animal is too unpredictable. But when I fired, it jumped to the side with astonishing speed. I couldn't believe that I had missed. I looked away for just a second to load another dart. But when I went to aim the gun again, it was gone. I just figured that it had run away. I wasn't going to chase after it. After all, the only thing they wanted was for it to go away, right? I shrugged it off and turned to get back in the truck. I left the door open when I got out with the rifle. But when I went to get into the truck, there was a coyote crouched down on the passenger seat. Before I could react, it jumped on me and bit me. Just a nip on the hand. Then it was off again. I got up, looked at my hand, which was barely even bleeding, cursed the damn thing, and got in the truck and drove off. Animal control experts have a pretty high code of ethics. But if I had seen the wretched beast again, I swear I would have had no reservations about mowing it down in the damn Ford I was driving. I reported the incident, took the preventative measures for rabies, and was fine for the next two weeks. Then, one day, I felt like I was going to die. I couldn't move, and I was in unimaginable pain. The next thing I remember, I was running around the desert chasing jackrabbits. Just one of those flashes that are becoming more common now. After that, I was back in my own yard, and I thought that whatever had made me sick was making me hallucinate. I went back inside, coughed up some blood—probably not even my own blood, come to think of it—got dressed and grabbed the morning paper. On the third page, there was a brief article of a gray wolf being spotted in the area. It seemed absurd in my own mind but still I knew that I had something to do with it. A month later, I felt sick again, so I locked up my house and set up the webcam on my laptop to record. A week after that, I was at LAX listening for my section to start boarding. October 27th. It's happening, as I write this. Fuck, it hurts! but I need to get it on paper that it was just a mistake. I miscalculated how much sedatives I have. I don't actually have enough for tonight. If I get out, I don't know what will happen and I might not be able to get back.
0: Nicole may be doubling up on the vitamin C, but I think I will stick with colloidal silver. Also, she didn't mention it in the story, but I can't help but wonder if shedding is an issue in those circumstances. I would like to give a heartfelt thanks and congratulations to Nicole Clark for reading her first full story. She is a great host and talented actor as well. Expect her back as host next time. There are many more stories from the hidden archives that have yet to be shared. We hope that you join us next time for another glimpse into the archives. This has been a production of the Rhodes Collaborative Experience, LLC. Please no reproduction, duplication, or bastardization of any content without written consent from RCX or its partners. Ex Animo, Ex Tempus, and Archivum.